0: Good morning. We're, we're starting a series this morning. We're launching into uh, the Jesus series for leading us into Easter. And uh, man, the rains have been coming down, haven't they? So if you have your boats back home, prepare them so you can go to work on Monday. Uh, it has been pretty unreal what's been happening. Thank you. Uh, it's been pretty unreal what's been happening over this uh, whole year. It seems like we've got more rain than we normally get. But as we're going into the Easter season to set our minds and focus on Jesus and who He is, and this morning we're going to be looking at Jesus before time. Uh, Was Jesus before we know Him as as coming in a manger? And uh, even before time, because as we look into uh, the Scriptures they uh, there are pictures for us even in the old testament that theologians have pointed out that show the trinity at work from the very beginning um, let when god turned and said let us um, you know create a man in our own image and you know all of the the language that is used there indicates that the trinity was at work but what about before time before matter before uh, what we all know As life on planet Earth and history and all of that, what uh, what was the role of Jesus or who was he? And so, as we begin to take a look at Jesus, my prayer for this whole month leading into our Easter service is that people will come to know Jesus better, will fall in love with Jesus, that we will have people who will make a commitment to him to be the Lord and the leader over their lives. So, I'd like you to ask you to. Open in prayer with me as we launch into this series, and each week um, I want to pray before we go into the passages of Scripture that we're going to read. God will open our hearts and minds and understanding to what He wants to say to us today. Heavenly Father, how grateful are we that already we've sensed and felt Your presence here. Lord Jesus, we love You. And we are Christians because of the transformation that You have made in our lives. It's christ In us the hope of glory. We're not Christians because we examined other religions and uh, we just decided that Christianity would be our religion. We're Christians because you have transformed us, because you have changed us, because you have made us a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things have become new. Lord Jesus, at times we recognize that we know so little about you in our lives, by our behaviors and our actions, we indicate that we are not trusting you as Lord and as leader of our lives. We don't recognize, at times, we don't see you as as wonderful, as Counselor, as Prince of Peace, as Mighty God, as Everlasting Father. There are moments and times where we don't recognize that you are the presence of God with us, the Spirit of Christ. Lord, we pray that you would just enlighten us over these next few weeks to who you are and how much you love us and care about us, what you accomplished for us, and how that that means that we can stand in the day in which we live, and how we should present ourselves to our culture and the world around us, that they may better understand what it means to be Christian, Christ-like. Father, it begins with us. So teach us your word, and we're opening up to all that you want us to know about you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, if you have your Bibles with you, there are a couple of passages that we're going to read out of John chapter 17 to start with today. The 17th chapter of John, and uh, the first verse that we're going to take a look at is verse 4 and 5, and then we'll skip down to... um, Verse 24. All right, everybody there, John chapter 17. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work that you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory I had with you before the world was. Chapter 17, verse 24 reads, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which was, uh, which you have given me, for you loved, uh, for you, Uh, loved me before the foundation of the world. Or you loved me before the foundation of the world. Our question, opening question here is, and, and the one we carry with us through this month is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Josh McDowell began his journey on discovering who Jesus was as an unbeliever, And he started this Christian journey, uh, digging deeply into all materials and research that he could find to discover who Jesus really was. Now, his careful research over many years became a published work that some of you may have seen or know about. It's called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. It's a thick book. It involves a lot of research. And... um, he has gone back and looked at uh, antiquity and looked at original language and looked at many many documents and pieces of material evidences for whether Jesus was or not. Now in his book he ultimately boils it down as as he started this work to there there is three possibilities for who Jesus is. Jesus is either a liar he, he was deceiving um, those around him. He wasn't who he said he was. And we have seen many over our lifetime, even in our generation, who have risen up to say they were a prophet of God or they were something else. And, and uh, we have watched their lives and we have seen that, that those things are not true. And so that was the first possibility. Was Jesus a liar in his generation, his time period? And and could we find record and determine that uh, he cultivated some followers based on uh, just his charisma, his, his uh, ability to attract people to himself. And then the second possibility was uh, that he came up with was you know, he—if he wasn't a liar and possibly a lunatic—he was someone who thought he was someone or something that he was not, and he truly believed that. And he wasn't lying to people; he believed that he was something, and he began to portray this out. and And other people came to believe that. And and so we we know and have seen in our lifetime people around us who who think they are something that they are not. And and um, you know, um, I, I remember the first time that I met a person who. Uh, you know, seemed to be uh, normal at the initial meeting when I met this, this individual. And after talking with them for just a minute, uh, she turned her head to the right, turned her head to the left, and reached down and said, "The FBI follows me everywhere I go." <laughs> and I thought, "Wow, the FBI is following you. Wonder why?" Well, I came to find out that there was a paranoia. It was going on uh, in her life, and that she thought she was under constant uh, surveillance. This is before internet and all kinds of other stuff. So, um, you know, these, we have all met people who believed in their minds. And so, um, as Josh McDowell began to break this down, he thought, okay, he's either a liar he's a lunatic, or the final one is, he is Lord. He actually is who he says he is. He can actually do what He says uh, that He has done, or what the, what the Scriptures say He has done. He, he actually, His claims are true. And so as He began to break these possibilities down and examine them uh, one by one, and kind of tear them apart and discover, you know, what Jesus is, gathering material and resource and information, He finally comes to the conclusion in the book that Jesus is Lord. Based on all of the research and based on all of the things that he had uh, to gather together to look at, it it proved out that the claims of Jesus were true. True in the sense of of historical writings that had, had been gathered together. True of people who were even not necessarily Christian, who were historic writers like Josephus, who who uh, happened to have some encounters and and talk about this Jesus and some of the miraculous things that this Jesus had accomplished. And and true in the sense of of what was happening in his believers and the fact that who would uh, how would there be billions of followers in the day and time in which we were living uh, of a lunatic or billions of followers of people who who are following after someone who has been a proven liar or, or, or so on and so forth. And so he began to realize and come to a truth that and understanding that Jesus is Lord. And that was the point where he made his own personal um, commitment to Jesus Christ and made Jesus the Lord and the leader of his life. We have discovered that in Western culture, Jesus is viewed in a variety of ways. Western culture has painted really a very poor picture for us of Jesus. And uh, I often write an article as we we near Christmas that... um, you know, kind of like looks at um, the world's view of God through Christmas and Santa Claus and how the world kind of sees, you know, Santa Claus and even the song that we was singing, you know, here comes Santa Claus and, you know, he's he knows when you are sleeping. So here's a person who knows when you are sleeping. That's creepy, isn't it? This is not, he's, Santa knows when you're sleeping, right? And, uh, but he knows when you're awake. He knows when you have been Bad. bad. We're good, and uh, so you better be good for goodness' sake, and and so the world has painted this 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 horrible picture of, of God, but it it kind of is uh, a, a romantic kind of look at, at, at you know at God, and and there are definitely. Elements as we as we look at what the world thinks about Santa Claus that they have just thrown over into this this man he, he never you know he's he never dies right he's ageless he's he's been around forever he's just going to go on and and so they have this this but they, it's a real poor picture for us that the world always paints and in Western culture in particular of who Jesus is. We witness even in the lives of those who attend church on a regular basis. They sometimes have a poor picture of who Jesus is. They, they know the Jesus who rescues them. He's, uh, you know, he's got a tow truck, and uh, he drives around, and every time I wreck it, Jesus comes and picks it up, right, and just uh, hauls it off, and repairs it, and fixes it, and that kind of thing. Or we have those who know Jesus as the wise teacher, He had a lot of wisdom to share. He had some some great wisdom to talk about your finances. If you're in financial trouble, you want to look at the wisdoms of of what Jesus taught or what Scripture teaches us on, on, uh, you know, finance. Or Jesus, you know, had the parables that Jesus told. You know, the wise man builds his house on the rock. Why? Because if you build it on the sand, what happens? The rains of April come tumbling down and, and sweep your house away, right? So... Some of us have seen the Jesus who is the wise teacher. Still others see him as this historical figure and and he was a giant of history and and uh, we, we can think through even those who go to church the things that Jesus accomplished the blind man being healed, Jesus healing the leper Jesus uh, dealing with the the issue of the woman who had gone to many doctors and had an issue of blood and she touches the hem of his garment and she 's instantly healed or or the woman who is caught in the act of adultery and how Jesus responds and And we can say, wow, that's cool, the Jesus of history. If only we had some political leaders like that, who had compassion, who had love, and and we can even get emotional thinking through of the historical Jesus, but that's not a full picture of who Jesus is. And so Western culture sometimes paints it that way. Other images include, as I talked about a moment ago, the, the Santa, Jesus is Santa, or Jesus as the angry judge. You know, some grew up with Jesus. He's angry, he's upset, and uh, he's, you know, and, and it could be that we had that picture because the father that we grew up with in our household was, was not a happy person, was never pleased, and uh, never content with how we were walking and living our lives as a result of that we come to think of of Jesus or as our, of our, even our heavenly Father as, as being someone who's always angry at us, and and they just don't like the way that we are looking today. So we just kind of try to slip under the radar and and uh, and kind of you know sneak in and out of the house, and 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 we're not really very comfortable in that relationship. Or Jesus, who loves the world, he loves the world. God forgave us, you know, uh, sent his only Son because he loves the world but maybe not every individual in the world. And we might think of ourselves as the exception. We're the redheaded stepchild of God. You know, we, you know, we just, we're, we're in, you know, we have the family name and, you know, we are in the group and stuff like that. But we, we need to just be at the back of the line, you know, just uh, there's not as much patience for us, not as much love left over. And, uh, you know, whatever is under the Christmas tree, you know, it, it, however small it might be, we, we should just be grateful for that. And, and we may see Jesus with, with that kind of, of view or Jesus the Evangelical. Jesus is the evangelical, you know, and and so whatever is going on in culture, this is how Jesus votes. You know, he votes with the evangelical stream. This is how Jesus thinks. He thinks as an evangelical and and, uh, this is how Jesus sings and how Jesus worships. And and we, we just get this picture of that must be how Jesus is. Or it could be we think of Jesus as the Jesus who agrees with me. (laughs) <laughs> I, I have opinions and ideas and thoughts and, and uh, you know, Jesus, He agrees with me. And that's the Jesus that I know is the one who agrees with me. But all of these are short-sighted views when we are trying to get a picture of who Jesus is. And in this series, you know, I hope that we can begin to broach to answer a question about who Jesus is. It was uh, Burkauer who wrote, Every word of God breathed character of scripture is meaningless in Holy Scripture, is not understood as a witness concerning Christ. What he's saying is everything that we have in scripture becomes meaningless without Christ. Everything was pointing to Jesus in the Old Testament. Everything was about Jesus in the New Testament pointing to His his uh, his life, His birth, His his death, His burial, His, his resurrection. And then after that, the book of Acts forward, pointing back towards Jesus and what He did and what He accomplished and what happened. And so if we have that book and we don't have Jesus, we have a, a collection of historical ideas and thoughts and history of, of the Jewish people and hopes of, of a people in a, in a, in a, a newborn era and time, but we do not have what we have today with Jesus in the scriptures. Did you know that Jesus was before creation? It was Albert Einstein who said time doesn't exist without mass and matter and time therefore began with creation. Time began with creation. And so time wasn't always here. Where was God? I love the picture that we see in Scripture. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, recently, someone said uh, had, had asked me had sent uh, an email. And I haven't had a chance to respond. If you're here today, I'm sorry. I haven't responded to that yet. If we could do a, a series on the rest of the book of Revelation, looking at Revelations. And, and yes, that's, that's, that's something that, uh, that would be great to look at. I love to look at Revelation. Uh, it begins, though, by telling us what the book is about. We've made it a, a lot of other things, right? We've made it end-time theology, and, and uh, I grew up with this, you know, uh, the, the breaking of the seals and the trumpets and all the cataclysmic events. Those uh, are things that are in the forefronts of people's minds. But it begins by telling us what this book is about, right? If somebody wants to turn there to the first chapter, we can read it. Who's there first? All right, you got it? Michelle, read it out. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Stop. (laughs) The revelation of Jesus Christ. We have made it so much other than what it actually is. Here's a book where John says, the Holy Spirit is moving up on, on me to reveal to you The world's coming to an end. (laughs) That there's going to be some cataclysmic things that happen. There's going to be locusts that attack, and they have faces of humans and and wings, and it's, it's all going to be horrible. And that's what God wanted me to show you. You've not seen this in Hollywood yet. It's so horrible. No, he says, the Holy Spirit has moved upon me to show you Jesus Christ. How powerful is that? This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as we begin to get into that book, we see that John is raptured up at a particular time. And so we get these little pictures in Scripture of what it must be like to have been in the presence of God. And, and here is John now standing in the throne room. And he is, it's, it's given to us in that passage, uh, chapter 4, uh, to appear as if John is suddenly uh, outside of time, like God is. And so he gets to see things as God sees them. And how would God see things if he's standing outside of time? He would see time past. He would see time present. And he would see time future. He would have this view. And so as, as he begins to reveal through, that, uh, through Revelations the things that are happening, John says, and, and get the picture of John standing up there going, I looked And I saw time present. I looked and I saw time future. I looked and I saw a lamb bearing the fresh marks of slaughter. He alone was worthy to unloose the scrolls. Time past. Jesus on the cross paying the price for you and I, walking into the heavenly Holy of Holies and making the final sacrifice for you and I. It's finished. He's the only one that's able to peel back the, the seals on the scroll. And with every uh, tearing of, of one of the seals, the mighty trumpet sounds until there is a final trumpet that's recorded in, in Revelations chapter 11. And at that trumpet, Paul talked about it. The dead in Christ rise. And we are alive and remain. Go up to be with them and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And there's, a, there's a, this, this huge announcement that de- declares in Revelations 11 and 15, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms yeah. of my Lord and God. Yeah. But as we think through the majesty of what it must have been like for God standing uh, outside and, and beginning creation, starting time with matter, and, and everything that begins to come together in that grand explosion that you and I now look up and see as the universe in which we live. And we think about God living outside of that. What happened before God created the world is crucial. And it's the reason that scriptures are not silent on it. We can read in Psalms chapter 90, verse two, before the mountains were brought forth or even had formed the earth and the world, Even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And before God, the Father said, let there be light, He loved the Son. Before you and I took our first breath or knew that there was a planet or anything that was going on, before any of this had the possibility of existing, there was any seeds of our future hope and potential, God loved the Son, and the Son loved the Father. And the Father loved the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit loved the Father, and they were all complete in and of themselves. There are some that have, have taught that God created us to love, and He did. But He did not need us, He was complete in Himself. The Father loved the Son, the Son loved the Father, the Father loved the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit loved the Father, the Holy Spirit loved the Son, and the Son loved the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was there, John Piper says, not only before matter, he was there before time. He did not come into being, he just was. Some have called and referred to, and I love this picture, Jesus is the human face of God, but he is also the inbreaking of the internal into time. How magnificent must it have been when Mary and Joseph Embrace this child and all who came to see to look into the face of God, but not only looking into the face of God, looking into the face of eternity that had entered time suddenly. Profoundly, in the fullness of time, God said, He sent His Son, born of a virgin. And after Moses had gone to the work of constructing the tabernacle in the wilderness, According to the Lord's instructions, it says that the Lord's glory filled that tabernacle. This is a picture of the Lord indwelling his people, and that's what he wanted to do with Jesus. Come and dwell among the people. He wanted to be with us. God wanted a personal relationship with We have no picture in world religion like this of anything, any other world religion where God has, the gods of those world religions have any interest, if there even is a God, there isn't in Buddhism and, and some of those others, if there even is a God, then he has really no interest in humanity. He might, if they're really, really good and do all the deeds they're supposed to, he might just prepare a place so they can live after death and they can just have some kind of quiet respite of life but he has no interest in interacting with them. We love a God and know a God who came breaking into time because he wanted a personal relationship with you. And he wanted a personal relationship with me. And he cared so much about us that he brought eternity into time. It's a picture of the Lord dwelling his people, the tabernacle, the wilderness tabernacle. And when Jesus came to earth, he tabernacled among us. John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 says, In the beginning was the Word, speaking of Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. As John opens his chapter talking about Jesus and his gospel, he begins by talking about the Jesus who was before. When God spoke the words... Let there be light. Jesus was engaged in every single life-giving word. When when God spoke the words that he was to separate uh, the heavens from the earth and he was to create a firmament, Jesus was involved in every single word. Jesus is the living word. Is this the Jesus that you know? Jesus who is eternal. Jesus who is the face of God. Jesus who stepped into time for you and for me. Jesus is the key to the membership in God's family. When he stooped to our level to become a man, he made it possible to relate to him and to God and to have relationship. And that's what God wanted. God said, son, go down and be among them, rub shoulders with them, embrace them, touch them. Let the sweat of God fall on to the shoulder of men. Let the tears of God mix with the tears of men. Let some of the most profound things happen when God encounters man. When people that you love are standing at the funeral of their brother and weeping, stand there. And the two most profound words in the shortest scripture in the Bible, Jesus wept. He knew in a moment he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He had the power over uh, death. He had the power to bring him back, to resurrect Lazarus. And he knew in a moment that was going to happen, But in this moment, men that he loved was weeping. Women that he cared about were crying. They were torn because of the loss of their brother. And Jesus stopped and paused for a moment to say, God loves you enough to weep with you. To cry with you. Only Jesus can say these words to the Father. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Jesus finished all things before he created all things. How can this be? Because time exists in Christ. And that's why at the um, He could say at the cross, it is finished, the work that was accomplished and done. But before time began for us, God already knew it was finished. (laughs) He knew that eternity was going to enter time and that his son was going to make the sacrifice. And because time exists in Christ, Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1, That all things were created through him and for him. And this is before all things. And in him all things consist. And that includes creation itself, which includes time. And Revelations 13 and 8 says, All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names, listen to this part, whose names have not been written in the book of life. Of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Important to note that everybody is going to worship Jesus. They're not all going to get in. Who didn't make him the Lord and the leader of their life. But they will all recognize he's God. They will bow their knees and their tongues will confess. What they have lied this whole time about. What generations have perpetrated lies about that Jesus is a lunatic, Jesus is a liar, his his followers are false. In that moment in time, in, in as recorded here in Revelation, they're all gonna bend down and say, He always was and he always is Lord. New creation began in eternity before it's fully realized in time. It is and it was the disciples that we commonly refer to as Doubting Thomas who had this divine revelation upon seeing Jesus. And Thomas was one of the first to proclaim after the resurrection of Jesus, My Lord, my God. Thomas was the prove it man. You know, Thomas was Josh McDowell saying, you know, I'm going to pour through this evidence and prove it. Jesus is still willing to come into the room and say, examine my hands, examine my side. He's still willing to have Thomas conversions. My Lord, my God. Yes, Jesus. Yes. God was planning your redemption before time witnessed you. Who is Jesus? He is the very face of God, the one who broke into time to bring a message from God to humanity in person. Ask our worship team to come back if they would. The one who has secured your salvation. The question is, do you know him? But the more important question is, do you know him personally? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? You can, he wants you to. And that is our question that we wrestle with this month? Do you know him personally? Do you have a a relationship with, with the God who broke into time for you, who came to bring a message of hope, who wants to live through you, who has designed and created you and has a purpose and a mission for your life? Will you stand with me? Let's worship the Lord as we sing to him this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, and praise you. We lift up your name, Lord Jesus.